Hello world, I'm Rochelle Indra, a life coach here to teach you the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. Our society has a vested interest in keeping you stuck and unhappy so that you will try to buy your way out of it. But that's where I come in. I'm here to teach you how to give them all the middle finger. Week by week, I'll share bite-sized strategies on tackling overwhelm, onboarding good habits, creating boundaries, and actionable steps to rewire your brain to actually work for you instead of against you. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Shit They Shot at Toss in School But Didn't. I am your host, Rochelle Indra, and today we're going to talk about fall. And if you've been listening to my podcast for a while now, you know that I'm a firm believer in my own life experience and in the experience of my clients that our life goes according to the seasons. That as the seasons change, so do the things in our life. And when it comes to fall, I start preparing my clients for the things that need to be shed away from them. And this is what Sean and I looked at a couple weeks ago in the retreat that we did. It was a fall retreat and it was about shedding, shedding the things that are no longer serving you, the bad habits that you have that you've known you need to let go of, but you say, I'll change that tomorrow, next week, next month, next year the foundational beliefs that you have that aren't serving you and are holding you back from the things that you want in life, from the people, oh my God, don't we all have people we need to shed in our lives, and the objects, the physical things that we can clean out of our house, out of our car, out of our life that we can finally let go of. So the way this sort of works to me to give you a small overview is that fall, as I said, is about shedding, shedding the things that don't serve you, the things that have been holding you back, the overabundance that's actually now weighing you down. And I'm a believer that if you don't shed that, the universe will take it from you. And man, I don't know if you're noticing it this fall, but I really am where the universe is like, nope, you can't have that. Nope, that's gone. Nope, you can't play with that. Nope, I'm going to pull away the rock that you've been banging your head on. I've got clients like losing jobs or losing relationships or that fundamental belief they had is being shattered out from under them and they're feeling like they're in a free fall. It's why that that is what we are doing this month in the group coaching, which if you haven't joined, you absolutely should. We are looking at that this month. Next month, we're doing boundaries. So if there's ever a time to join, it is now so that you can get on the front end of boundaries when we do that in November. It's always a big one. We do it every November because it's going to be family season and nothing sucks like family season. So this has been a really monumental one. We've already had one meeting in the sisterhood and it was really, really an intimate, in-depth, really good meeting about how this is showing up in people's lives. And when we think about it, we really have so much that we want to shed. So that's what fall is. It's shedding. It's, it's letting go of the things we don't need. And then once we have peeled back those layers, then we are raw and we are ripe for new information. And that's where winter comes along. Winter is about this idea of if you can't go out, go in, of really hunkering down and saying, okay, if I'm layered laid bare to myself, if I am raw to myself, if I have ripped all these things away, what is it now that I want? 
What new belief systems am I willing to onboard? What new people coming into my life? What new habits? What new things do I want to bring in? What do I want to learn? I always have a stack of books by my bed in the winter. It gets cold out, it gets dark out sooner, and I just start reading, reading all new things, ideas, reading about ways I can help my clients, ways I can help myself, like really starting to get into the nitty gritty of what do I want and need? What am I ready to onboard? What am I ready to really change in my life? And then spring comes along and it's all about planting the seeds of the things that you decided on in winter. The ways that you wanted to be. This is why we talk about new relationships, right? New romantic relationships coming out in spring, new habits, new hobbies. Spring is a great time for new hobbies, trying out new things. We plant these seeds of what we want in spring so that when summer comes, we get to reap the rewards of all the work that we have done and we enjoy and we have abundance and it's why I go away for the summer because usually my clients will cancel some uh, meetings in summer because they're like, I don't need life coaching. My life is perfect, which is lovely, but I'm like, mm-hmm, I will see you in fall. And then fall comes along and we've been doing this joyous abundance, abundance, abundance and overindulging and excess and and maybe we planted too many seeds right maybe too much is growing and and we are have adopted and onboarded some things that ah, were great tries but maybe weren't really ready to come to fruition or we didn't work out the way we wanted so then fall comes around again to help us shed, to help us let go of the abundance that we don't need, the overabundance, you could say, to let go of the excess that we have glommed onto. And that's where we are. So I really want you to start looking at some of these categories of things that can be shed away. And habits is this first one. Really looking at what habits do I have that I'm finally ready to let go of? What bad habits? Is it working too much? Is it not working enough? Is it the way you are with your children? Is it eating issues? Is it self-sabotage? Is it self-doubt and that we keep doing things to sabotage ourselves? Is it an unhealthy way of fighting or arguing in relationships? What is it that you need to let go of. And the way I do this with clients, and you can always come see me if this is something you're struggling with, is that I go back with clients and say, okay, where did this habit start from? Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Did this happen in childhood? Probably, or some version of it. And it worked then. So we go back and we find, when did it work for you? Why did we onboard this habit? And then we look at why it's not helping you now, why it's not serving you now. And so we are able to then get down to the nitty gritty of of seeing how it helped you and therefore thanking it and being grateful for it instead of just hating it and trying to push it away because what you resist persists. So we're not, and we're not really ever about hating ourselves or the things that we do. We Everything we're doing, we're trying to do for our best self. We are trying to do out of a place of good. Even when we make bad decisions or hurtful decisions, painful decisions, decisions that hurt other people, we're really coming from a place of wanting to do best, even when it doesn't feel like it. So starting to 
have gratitude for that. Um, there's a famous guy who talks about eating disorders and how oftentimes people with eating disorders, like, yeah, it's really bad. And maybe they've gotten so deep into it that they are close to death because of this eating disorder. But in actuality, that has kept them alive because perhaps if they didn't have that eating disorder, they would have ended their life. Cutting can often be seen the same way. It is very detrimental and it's something that people definitely deserve to get help with. And it can be very dangerous, but maybe that's what's kept them alive this whole time. So you go back, no matter what it, alcoholism, drug addiction, addiction to sex, addiction to weed, addiction to anything, right? It did help us. It saved us in ways that we may not notice, but it may also be time to let those things go and deal with our issues in a different way. And so that's what we look at with habits. How do we let go of one habit and onboard another one? The other thing that could come up now is foundational beliefs. Ooh, what foundational beliefs are you ready to let go of? I'm not attractive enough. I'm not worthy of love. No one will ever love me. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not successful enough. People will always hurt me. Men will always cheat on me. Women will never love me. I'm undesirable. There's so many foundational beliefs that we live our lives attached to. And we're ready to let them go. I mean, I'm doing this with clients right now of looking at some of these foundational beliefs and saying, is that really helpful? It was at one point, so we started believing this, but is it helpful now? Do you want to continue believing that? How is your life going when believing that? How is it working out for you now? It's usually trying to save you from something. You've gotten your heart broken a few times. And so your brain says, I'm never going to fall in love again. Everybody will hurt us because it's trying to keep you from that pain of being hurt again. So it just blankly says everybody will hurt us because it doesn't want you to try again because it's so afraid of the pain. Can you get past that? Can you choose to believe that isn't true, that that is the past, that those were those people who hurt you and not everybody you date will hurt you? And that you can get over a broken heart. A foundational belief that you are unworthy of love. So you keep settling for shitty relationships or no relationships. That you can't make the kind of money you want. So you don't even try for it. No one will ever want to be my friend. So you don't even try. There's so many foundational beliefs that when we truly believe them and let those win then we set ourselves up for failure before we've even tried. Before we've even seen if it's true anymore. Maybe it was true then and it's not now. Maybe it was never true. But you told yourself it was. So then that reticular activating system in the back of your brain started searching for it. Right? Started searching for ways to prove that you were right, that you're unlovable, that you're fat, that you're ugly, that you're stupid, that you're not good enough. What if we change that? What if we ask that reticular activating system to start looking for ways that you are enough? The way that you're perfect, just the way you are, the way you are desirable, you are lovable. 
right? Are you allowed to change that belief? And if you don't feel like you can change that belief, why? Why? I want you to be really clear on why. And then we start to look at people. Ooh, man, we collect so many people over our lifetime. And oftentimes we collect them and they were great for a time, but they've changed or we have changed or circumstances have changed and they're just not who we need in our life anymore. Maybe they liked the old us or we liked the old them. Perhaps they were always shitty people in our life, but we thought at one point we deserved them. We thought at one point we could look past it or we didn't notice it. And now we have to look at it and say, wow, this person doesn't bring me anything but pain. This person doesn't bring me anything but sorrow. This person adds stress to my life, anxiety, depression. Oh, it's just such a drag to be around them, right? They're an energy vampire, right? They steal all of your energy. You hang out with them and then you're exhausted afterwards, Or those people like, even when you're with them, you don't even feel like you're in the room. I always say those are people who suck up all the air in the room. Like you're just in that room and you're like, do you even care that it's me here? Are you just wanting to talk and talk and talk and you don't even care who's listening? It's not really about me. I could just trade me out with a cardboard cutout and you wouldn't even notice. Are you ready to let go of the relationship you're in that you have been miserably unhappy with for so long? Are you ready to let go of the relationship that you're just blah about? When I work with clients, the gray area relationship is almost worse because if somebody is really wonderful, that's great. If somebody is really terrible, we tend to see that more, right? We've been trained that nobody should abuse you physically or emotionally. No one should take advantage of you. Nobody should hurt you. So sometimes we're better at seeing those relationships and that we need to get out of those relationships and those circumstances. But sometimes it's harder with the gray area. They're not that bad, but they're not that great. It's fine. They're fine. We're fine. It's fine. I get a lot of clients in that place. It's fine. We're friends. We're good friends. We're good co-parents who are still in a relationship and live in the same house. He does his thing. I do my thing. We don't really get in each other's way. We just coexist. And we coexist fine. And if that is okay for you, Wonderful. I tip my hat to you if that is okay for you. Nothing wrong if you decide that is what you want, but make sure you're deciding that is what you want. Make sure you're deciding that is what you're signing up for and that you're okay with that. I want you to make sure you don't have blinders on about this. Is this really what you're looking for? Are you really satisfied? Are you just comfortable? Are you just used to it? Do you just feel like you don't deserve more or there's nobody else out there for you? Ah, being single again is too hard. Online dating again is too hard. Ah, there's been shitty partners in the past and this person isn't shitty, so that must be good enough. Or they really love you 
they're really happy in the relationship. So you feel like you should probably be really happy in the relationship too. Does any of this sound familiar? Is that the relationship that needs to be peeled away for you? Is that the one that needs to shed? Your relationship with that shitty parent that doesn't deserve to have you in their life and you keep them around because you want them to change, you hope they'll they'll change, you don't want to hurt them, you don't want to hurt the family unit, you don't want to hurt your siblings. What would Christmas be like if I wasn't talking to my dad? What would your life be like if you didn't have to have your dad in it? Sometimes we need to shed the people in our lives. And that's okay. Man, when we let old people out, we get new people in. It happens every time. We have room for people. New people. People who are better for us. And the last category that I thought of to look at, and you may have another category, and if you do, that's fantastic because it's probably the category you really need to look at. The last one is objects. And I'm a firm believer that we should be cleaning out our home in fall, not just in spring. And if I had to choose between the two, I would take fall cleaning over spring cleaning. In fact, uh, Sean and I wrote an ebook on cleaning. On, on really cleaning out the things that you have not been ready to clean out because of the emotions that are attached to them. And I was talking about it on a live when I was in Europe this summer. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to release that in spring. And people were like, oh, no, I need that now. I need that. I guess it was actually in September that this came up. People were like, I need it now. I'm ready now. Like, I'm doing the work now. And so we actually released it, um, I guess, September, August, something like that for people because they were with me on, yeah, let's do fall cleaning, right? Let's shed and purge those things. It's so funny because we do this in spring, like, oh, well, we've been cooped inside our house for so long. We need to get rid of all those things we've piled up. And while that may be true, have you also thought about purging things before you're about to be in your house for so long so that you can breathe in your house, so you can have empty space in your house? So you can have room and you're not just cleaning all the time while you're inside or inside all the time staring at the things that make you feel bad, that make you feel guilty, that make you feel embarrassed. That thing that your mother-in-law gave you that you fucking can't stand because she doesn't know you at all and she's really just basically trying to put her house in your house and tell you that your house isn't good enough. The thing that the ex bought you that you hate because it looks like them every time you look at it, but it was really expensive and really nice, so you don't let it go. The outfit you bought and you swore you'd wear and you never do, and it was really expensive, so you're not ready to let go of it. Yeah. I'm not just talking about the basic cleaning. I'm talking about that kind of cleaning. I'm talking about getting rid of the things that make you feel guilt and shame. The things you don't let go of because they're a part of your past. They are a part of a past version of you that you no longer are. I mean, I've got so many things in my garage from old sports I used to play or uh, I used to do knitting when I lived in Portland because I had this amazing knitting group and I thought I would get into it and I'm not going to. And if I do, I can buy more yarn. If I went and played tennis again someday, I could get a new tennis racket. Good Lord, I'm sure the tennis racket that hasn't been used in 10 years is not a great one either. I'd probably want a new one if I was going to start again. I used to do a lot of baking when I was a stepmother. 
not going to fucking bake anything now. My God, there's like 19 bakeries in town. Fuck that shit. I ain't got that time. I'm going to go buy something. But they're remnants of who we used to be, who we think we might be again. But really, we just need to sit in the realization that we're not that person anymore. That's not our life anymore. And that is okay. And can we let that go? There's so much more that comes up for people when they clean out their home than just, oh, throw this away, donate this, save this, blah, blah, blah. There's so much emotions that come up with it, which is why Sean and I wrote that book. And if you're interested in that book, it's $9.99. It's an e-workbook, super simple to kind of go through and, and jot down and journal and answer some questions about what's coming up for you and why you can't get rid of some of these things that don't bring you joy. It's in the link in my bio on my social media or my website. What is it for you that needs to be shed, needs to be let go of? And I say that with the caveat that if it's something you know you need to let go of, but you're not ready, that's okay too. Just noticing. Just noticing what you'd like to be able to shed, what you'd like to be able to let go of. And it's okay if you can't. It's okay if you're not ready, but it is true. I mean, we say the cliche because it's true. Knowing is half the battle. Knowing is half the battle. Man, there are so many things in my life. I'm not ready to shift. I'm not ready to change. I'm not ready to make better. And that's okay. That's totally okay. But I know what they are. And someday I'll probably be ready. And maybe some of them I'll never be ready. That is okay too. But I at least want to know what they are. Why? Because I want to know myself. I want that when I leave this life, whether it is before this podcast airs or when I'm 962, like a good witch, (laughs) I want to be able to die on my deathbed and said, I spent this life knowing who I was, seeing myself, understanding myself, loving myself. Fuck all y'alls. Fuck everybody else. I want these things for me. And I want these things for you. And that is why we shed. I hope this was helpful. Thanks, family. A woman told me recently that she hasn't joined the Sisterhood Group Coaching, even though she's wanted to, because she has a hard time putting herself first. And that broke my heart because I know that feeling. I know the feeling of putting everybody else's needs first, what everybody else wants. And it can feel like it's a luxury to put ourselves first, to take time away from everybody else and what they need from us to put ourselves first and put ourselves in a supportive community of other women doing the same thing. It feels like we just shouldn't allow this for ourselves. It would say something negative about us. And that is not true. That is the patriarchy. That is the society that says work, work, work as a woman, do everything for everybody else and never stop and think about yourself. That is bullshit. And then she finally put herself first and she joined the sisterhood and she said, I can't believe it took me this long to do it because it's so great to be in community with other women who just support me for existing, just support me for doing the best I can every day. And knowing that I have this group of women around the world supporting me means everything to me. And 
Oh my God, I cried. She cried. We all cried. It was so beautiful and special. And that is what I'm making here. That is what the group coaching is. And if you are like that, I challenge you, whether it is my group or some other group or some other community, to finally put yourself first because you absolutely deserve it. And it is the only the patriarchy that tells you you don't.